0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Racing App,
1: in partnership with Fitzdares. Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It is Wednesday the 14th of February. It was Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. That's good. Uh, there'll be a message sent home soon enough. I'm in Qatar for the Amir's sword this weekend and also the Amir trophy and a big international turnout for that. Hopefully providing you with some updates over the next couple of days when speaking to connections. That'll be with Charlotte, who's with you through to the end of the week off the back of today. Nick away for the rest of the week. Plenty to get through in today's show on the Nick Luck Daily, we will hear from Andy Edwards, owner of Presse, ahead of his run in the Grade 1 this weekend, Betfair Ascot Chase. Ruth Jefferson is along to give us an update on Sounds Russian, who is likely to run in the Rendlesham this weekend, not having been seen since being brought down in the Cheltenham Gold Cup at the end of last season. We start, though, with news that a classic and art-winning trainer, Carlos Lafon parias is... Stepping down from the training ranks at the end of 2024, he won a couple of Group 1 races last year with the likes of Kalina and Yana Rose, the, the trainer of Rakolitos, of Silasol, uh, of course, arc hero Solomir, who beat Orfebvre in one of the most dramatic renewals of the arc back in 2012. And Carlos joins me now. Uh, Carlos, thanks ever so much for your time. Uh, if we could start by are you telling us just why you've arrived at this decision now.
2: Well, uh, the, the last two years, I talked with my wife uh, regarding to stop and back home, uh, because all of my, 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 my sons now, they are working already, they, they, they left the, the house, so it's time to, to, to me and my wife to change life.
1: Hmm. And is that, will, will you go back home to Spain or stay in France?
2: No, no, no. France. I spend a lot of time in France. It's the best. Uh, is the best place to train horses. But I, I prefer to go back home to to live and uh, mm. uh, to to my family, my um, and my friends. No, I think France, France is enough for me.
1: <laughs> so, so back to back to Spain. Where, where in where is home, Carlos? In Spain.
2: Well, i My family is from uh, Patricia. My wife's father lives in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so and I like I like Madrid because I study Madrid. My, my family came from the south and Seville. We got a house in Seville and in a little and, and another and not far from there in, in Salca de Barrameda where I spent a lot of time when I was young with my family we got a house in the, in, in, the, in the, near the sea. so between Seville and, and Salcar de Barrameda, we spend most of the time
1: and and remind me did you start off as a trainer in Spain but but sort of had to had to move to France because of opportunities and it being the best place to train horses
2: well uh, i trained well, when i was gentleman i have a license to train my own horses and then uh, i rode as a gentleman for many years that gave me the chance to 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 know a lot of people and so one day i decided to 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 work in france just for 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 for, for one year and and during uh, and then they 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 closed the, the the spanish racetrack and then that, that's why i stay here you never know if they open the racetrack again if uh, you know that's 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 life so yeah. that's why uh, that's why i, <laughs> I think i decided to, to stay in france and i start to train and uh, so I was lucky to have a nice onus and uh, good results.
1: And plenty of of trainers now are, are older than you. Training plenty stay on for longer than you are. You are going to. I suppose the question is 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 why now? Does it just feel the perfect time?
2: Well, I I, I, I healthy. Yeah. Uh, I got sixty one in the next uh, next two months. Yeah and I think at the time you are healthy is this is the right time to do it uh, so I work on my life to to for that uh, from Monday to sunday uh, so I want to do an, an, another thing you know got uh, to okay. <laughs> just work from eleven years eleven months a year every every single day so so I think it's, it's the right time to do it other, otherwise or maybe it's too late I see many of my of my of train many a lot of trainers yeah, finishing the, the, the end of his career in in, in, in because they haven't got any more horses to train, or financial problems, so uh, I, I don't want to have the, the, those problems. We will have to, to stop, and have a, um, I don't need much to to, 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 to live. We've got a house already in the south of Spain. I'm going to sell my yard, and it's enough for me and my wife.
1: Mm. And hopefully go out off the back of a good 2024 with the likes of um kalina the the foray winner is she still in training carlos
2: yeah kalina yeah the veterman brothers they decide to keep it in training he was a very very sound filly and uh, they keep another filly called, called let's see who was very unlucky last year uh she only won uh at least in a, but he was she was second in a in a group three but she, uh, I think she got a lot of progress to do and I think she can she can go to the big races for four four an up. For Philly's races and the
1: group races. Uh, for, uh, out of the, 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 the damn left hand, who you trained as well, she's a, she's a Franco Philly. Uh, Kalina will stay over uh, maybe a mile, seven furlongs, is that right?
2: Well, yeah, we can, but there's not many races in the beginning of the year, so the, the first race we can run is the first of May in the Prix de Muguet. Is the first, is the only it's a group two. And uh, then uh, this Ascot or, or the Falmouth. But it's, the target is from yeah, from from Ascot till till the, the Doville, The the good races for Phillies. There is nothing before. Mm-hmm. So I think for the lock-in against the Colts, you no. Know, we prefer to take the time. Maybe the the and then uh, Ascot or the Falmouth and then then, and then Doville start, uh, But there is a lot. But there is a lot of races, but nothing before before middle of the year.
1: Sure, I appreciate your time, and um, we on the the Nick Lug Daily podcast wish you a, a brilliant season before you retire. Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. Guest today is Rishi Pasad's. Welcome along, Rish. You can uh, reflect first of all on Carlos's decision, which um, well, he, he obviously feels he's he's taking at the at the right time. And as I put it to him, there's there's still many years training he could have left, but um, that's not what he wants to do. No, and happy Valentine's Day, Tom.
0: Um, I, no. <laughs> I have actually been following Carlos laphon for a long time, primarily because, as many of you will know, um, my favourite jockey of all time, Walter Swinburne. And Walter rode for, uh, rode for him way back in the early 90s, mid-90s. Um, so that's how he first came to my uh, attention but he's kept to the top table now for the best part of three decades. And his first group one win came uh, in the late nineties with uh, Spadoon. Um, and he's kept a constant uh, supply of top class horses. You know, it's the names of the horses that we remember for these great trainers, whether it's an arc winner in Solomir or one of my favorite milers in uh, Recoletos. Uh, he's been part of the elite scene in France, in Europe for a long time. Obviously, um he's made the decision to do what he wants to do which is understandable um and then as a consequence you know you sort of thank them for their contribution and thank them for providing these stars and um he has been one of the best trainers around for for a number of years now
1: yeah and we we wish him all the best and hopefully a very successful 2024 because that would be a very nice way to to bow out for him and his team uh Rishi to more domestic matters now And to the, as it was put on the Racing Post, the Group 1 snub for the City Mm. of Auckland and and Long Distance Cup. You sit on the Flat Pattern Committee. Uh, William Darby, the York Chief Executive, has provided a quote uh, to, to this platform and indeed to the Racing Post, David Carr. And I'll just read the, the back end of that statement. Him highlighting recent wins, including Space Blues and, and Kinross of the city of York. This tremendous race has achieved group one ratings for group one prize money and delivered fantastic racing for connections, racegoers, and viewers throughout the past decade. We and the BHA have been both open with and received support and encouragement from the European pattern committee for the progression of the race to be Europe's only all age group one over seven furlongs before the foray in October, uh, which obviously the foray, that one by Kalina, no less, it still stands as as mm. that's the only one in, in Europe. We remain committed to our fantastic sponsors to the race and its five hundred thousand pound prize fund in twenty twenty four, and we will continue to work with the relevant authorities to seek a successful outcome. Obviously, William York will be very disappointed. Um, your position on the flat pattern committee, I, I guess you're disappointed as well. Yeah, um, it is disappointing. Primarily because if you
0: think about the inauguration of the city of York and indeed the long-distance cup, um, it's always been an ambition to progress to Group 1 status. Uh, to do that, obviously, the race has to earn it on merit, and it's clear that both in terms of the quality of the race and in terms of the prize money it offers, the city of York deserves Group 1 status. Um, obviously, the, the challenge is getting everybody to agree to it. It's a decision that requires um, a unanimous agreement on it. Um and for reasons that I aren- I'm not entirely uh, clear on, um some people have voted not to upgrade it to group one status. Um but that's a disappointing result. However, that all York and um the flat pattern committee can do is keep it going and try again next year when hopefully the race will um be awarded the status that I think it deserves. I think, yeah, apart from the fact that it's necessary, I think, to have a another Group 1 race over seven furlongs, particularly in, in Britain. Um, it's also working. The race is also working. It's it's the merit of the race that has earned it that step, that has earned it uh, being awarded that status. Uh, similar to the Long Distance Cup, you know, and, and the Long Distance Cup, for example, compares um, favourably to one or two other races that are also group ones that perhaps don't compare as well as the long distance or compare as well to the long distance cup um so it's a very delicate political situation obviously there's a lot of give and take involved um for the moment though it appears to be stagnant in terms of where we're going with those two group ones but hopefully things will change again
1: uh in 2025 so and just to confirm it's a yearly a yearly application process that will happen each and every year right
0: Yeah, so in 2025, I imagine (laughs) that um, the Flat Patent Committee on behalf of um, York and Ascot will approach the European Patent Committee to ask for those races to be upgraded uh, and to make that application again.
1: Right, interesting article that uh, Nick spotted actually on RTE yesterday. It was written by the RTE sport contributor and journalist Dara Okrahor, who joins me now. Dara, it's uh, relating a, a file being sent to the director of public prosecutions uh, following that notable raid in, in Kildare in, in 2021. Um, so, so what do we know as things stand now, Dara? Uh,
3: yeah, thanks, Tom. It's, um, I guess it's, it's basic enough what we know, but I suppose it's the importance of the progression that this investigation has concluded. Um, It has taken a long time. This raid, took place um on november 9 2021 as you mentioned and the statement released at that time said that this was part of an ongoing investigation into equine doping so that that means that the, the investigation was taking place at that time and this was a next step either as a result of investigation or intelligence received So you would say that's going on three years um, or thereabouts or maybe more. But what we do know now as a result of a a statement that I got from um, the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine on on, uh, Monday is that that investigation has concluded. They have gathered... Uh, The evidence that they have, and uh, sent a case file to the Director of Public Prosecutions. There are obviously sometimes cases of the lower scale don't need to go to Director of the DPP, but you know when it is of this level of seriousness, and there could be there is potential for criminal proceedings, they have to go to the DPP. And now we sort of await and see what comes from that. Do they feel there is enough evidence to, to go to court? And uh, if they do, they communicate that then back uh, to, you know, the, the guardi are, are the ultimate arbiters of what happens then after that. Um, and, and that's where we lie at the moment. It's a, it's, a, it's a progression. But in terms of detail and knowledge of what we know, there's there is still very little. Is it
1: a fair assumption that because a file has been sent to the, the to the DPP that um, that it's potentially more serious than at one stage it was thought, or is or is this not as is this not a, a surprising um, movement in the case, if you
3: like? Yeah, um, that's an interesting one because I, I I went back and asked that question because in my head, I thought this meant that they thought they had a case that you wouldn't send a a file otherwise. But I believe that once you have had an investigation, you have to gather the file and send that in anyway. So I don't think we can take it as read that they believe this means to be, this needs to go further. Now the fact that they were doing the investigation in the first place um, I think it gives you an indicator that that was the case and um, I know in the in the statement as I said, because I asked a further question about the involvement of not just other national bodies and obviously we have the IHRB in Ireland as well as um, the Kildare Lease Drug Unit that were involved in that raid but about the um, liaising with international agencies and bodies because we know around um, the world that the major doping progressions or busts that have happened within horse racing have involved legal, you know, the the FBI, the the police in Victoria, the police in France, uh, rather than racing bodies. And there was confirmation in that statement, you know, that in this case that there was sharing of uh, intelligence uh, and gathering of intelligence between bodies so i think that was interesting too so that would suggest to me that there is a level of evidence whether it is enough you know and, and who is involved and in as regards as a trafficking of uh, substances or use of substances here we, we, we don't really know that only that in this raid there were substances that are not licensed for use on horses in Ireland. Um, I should mention as well, of course, that um, Lynn Hillier, the head of uh, the head veterinary office of the IHRB and head of anti-doping that was called to the raid after because there were horses there. She, she did blood and uh, urine, or, uh, t- blood and hair tests of all the horses that were there at the time, and they all returned negative, the horses that were at the yard at the time of the raid.
1: Dara, thanks so much.
3: Pleasure, Tom. Thank you.
1: This weekend, Rish, we have the Betfair Ascot chase, a grade one, over a two mile five. Long Preset heads the market. What we'll do first of all is hear from owner of Long Preset, Andy Edwards. I spoke to him a little bit earlier on. Asked him how he was feeling ahead of his horse's run. Um, I'm really calm, actually. Good. Um, I'm way
4: down. Um... Yeah, I don't have any nerves. Um, Obviously, people around me are starting to get nervous and excited. It's a mixture of both. But yeah, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that goes into uh, a race with a horse fearing anything else or looking at anything else in there. Um, The main thing for me is the ground and that it's the right ground for him. Which is what? What it is at the moment, good to soft, soft in places. Ideally, it would be soft. Uh, given that it was two miles five, you know, a bit shorter um, than than absolutely ideal for him. But um, yeah, no, really happy with the weather and the grounds at the moment.
1: And I guess you're in some ways going back to the to the scene of Ascot, where I, I feel it was when he. He won back in December 2021. That he really burst onto people's consciousness as a, as a, as a proper animal, if you like, you know, without without doing any other animals any disservice, but as a as a basically a, as as a potential grade one horse.
4: Yeah, um, obviously Exeter the two weeks before was um, personally a big moment for me um and had a really big grin on Venetia's face after that uh Mm. that performance and i I went in the office
2: on the monday i think or whenever it was after exit and i said i know it's a bit quick boss but in 15 days time there's a graduation chase at ascot and she went oh that's a good idea (laughs) um so um So we went for that, and my passing comment
4: as I left the office, and I said, "And when we win that, we go straight to the Dipper," and laughed. (laughs) She just shook her head. But um, that was actually how it turned out. But yeah, Ascot. When Charlie came back in under the through the tunnel, he just said, "Andy, that was so easy." He said that was ridiculously easy, and that was when we really knew we had um, the horse that we got.
1: How are you feeling about you know whatever whatever happens this weekend? But it, it, the Gold Cup is a realistic target, all being well. Um, as as we sort of get closer to that, how how are you? How do you feel about your horses' prospects in in a Gold Cup? Given that we've pretty much seen everything else run their their prep race.
4: Well, obviously we've got to see what happens on Saturday, Scott. My attentions are. About this weekend, um, um, everyone keeps you know. Hopefully, it all pans out well, and, and we go to Cheltenham with lots of confidence. As regards to the Cheltenham race, where people ask me, obviously, Galloping to Sean is 183, 184 he, He's done that; those two ratings a couple of times. And what we've achieved so far on ratings falls short of it. Um, but it's like every, everything in sport, uh, and as we've discussed on, on, on the programme, um, it's what you've got inside your, your emotional and your mental grit and determination. And the difference I feel with Lom is he has something about him where he really doesn't want to be beaten. He does not like it. Um, and he's extremely determined Um, in that in that sphere and i think that's worth a lot in a race especially uh, an attritional race such as the
1: gold cup where there is no quarter given he's definitely got the right aptitude for that type of race well looking forward to seeing him this weekend and wishing you all the best andy thanks for your time thanks cheers tom what do you think, Richard? We saw Andy was very emotional, obviously after Lingfield. He's been on, on Luck on mm. Sunday since and talked about his his affection for the horse. He's talked about his belief in the horse's belief. And he was very good at at, at Lingfield. This is obviously a well, it's a similar trip. And then it will be all roads, hopefully, to the Gold Cup after that.
0: Yeah, I I love Lampresse. I think perhaps people don't even quite appreciate just what a good horse he is. The only thing I have of concern for the weekend um is the fact that it is going right-handed now he might just be too good for all his rivals it's possible that his class will allow him to dominate and he'll win comfortably however if you have a look back at his last three runs going right-handed he has jumped out to the left now obviously uh, it has resulted in some big wins i mean obviously when he won at Sandown, um, Uh, in the Silly Isles, he beat Mr. Coffee by miles, so jumping out to the left didn't prove too much of an issue. When he won at Ascot um, and he beat Legend's Ride, again, he jumped out to the left uh, and he won by, uh, you know I think, double figures. And also, when he went to Kempton and he unseated in the King George, again, on that occasion, he jumped out to the left. Um, I think he would have been beaten, obviously, by Brave Man's Game anyway. um, But that's the only concern. If you're playing a horse who's as a uh, as a normal punter um if you're playing a horse who's eight to thirteen or whatever price he might be now uh, you'll want everything to be almost almost perfect um and I'm just worried that how the race might unfold if Pic dory. For example, Harry Cobden get to the inside rail and they get into a good rhythm, as they did at Kempton last time. Bar the last fence, I think if it wasn't for the last fence, I think he may have just beaten Banbridge. But if he gets into a good rhythm and he jumps well and he's quick and he's accurate, like he can be when he's at his best, his first run this season obviously wasn't that good at Ascot, but he step- definitely stepped up. If that's the case, and Lomprese jumping out to the left uh, as he has done on his last three runs on right-handed courses, then it's just a bit of a concern that Pickdory might put him under pressure. Um, so that would be the one uh, concern. And I think it's a big concern personally for Pressé versus Pickdory on Saturday in the Ascot chase. I do think that he still, he can, he can get beat at Ascot and still be a, a big gold cup contender or at least a contender, uh, Depends how how far ahead you think Galopando Champ is ahead of anything else? But um, I still think that he'll be a, a player, a significant player in the Gold Cup, regardless of what happens on Saturday at Ascot.
1: It's not an obvious route bet for Ascot Chase to Gold Cup. I think Q Card was the last horse to try and and go that way back in 2017, right. having won this and then uh, and then obviously came down um, late on in, in that race. Shishkin, not even uh, Corto Star got beaten in the Gold Cup after bolting up in the Ascot Chase. Um, oh, dear. oh the, sign, the signs aren't good. Goodness me! <laughs> um, how 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 does he shape up for you, Lompressé, as a as a Gold Cup contender? You sound pretty positive against a horse like Galapande Champ or, or or are Shishkin and he the sort of leading British hopes? Are they are they still away off Galapande Do you think? Mm, I
0: don't. I don't think they're that far. Away. I don't think they're far enough away, or they're too far away to say you know for people to go um Gallup Van is a certainty or to talk about Gallup Van uh in the same way that you know you would you would do, say, Constitution Hill against his rivals, although State Man's probably more of a serious rival this year. Uh, I, I'm surpri- I, I must admit, I'm surprised Lon is running at Ascot. I think it would have been fine for him to go oh, I mean if he were mine and he'd gone straight from Lingfield to the Gold Cup, I'd have been absolutely fine. I mean he's he's won fresh, he's won off a break. Even when he won at um at Newcastle. Uh, where he carried 12 stone and beat some good horses. Um, that was a terrific performance, Fresh. So I was, I was slightly surprised that he's going to run again before the Gold Cup. But, you know, Connections obviously feel that he needs it. Um, I, I still think if you consider him as a Gold Cup horse without Asker on Saturday, he's, he's a big player. I think that he and Shishkin will actually enjoy the challenge of the distance of the gold cup. That's, you know, neither one of them have been that far. They've never been three miles, two and a half furlongs, but if you watch long Presse, even in the last run against protector at when he won at Newcastle, you know, he's strong at the end of those races. Um, Fishkin, I think probably would appreciate the extra distance because he saves a bit for himself. And I think if you watch him on, on Saturday, last Saturday, he's just dossing. I think the two of them are, are are going to make it a more interesting Gold Cup than it looked maybe after Gallup-Andersham had won at Christmas. Um, it looked as if you know, Gallup-Andersham just had to turn up and collect the prize for the Gold Cup. But I think now uh, he's got certainly one serious contender in Shushkin and hopefully L'on-Presse doesn't do any damage to his hopes on Saturday. Um, and I still think even if, were he to be beaten by Pictoria on Saturday... I still think he'd be a, 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 a serious threat to Gallup under Under in the Gold Cup.
1: Well, it was about this time last year that I was down at Ruth Jefferson's yard looking at Sounds Russian, um, talking about him having a great chance in a Gold Cup. And um, it wasn't to be Ruth. He, he, he was obviously brought down. Uh, and I, I noticed he's, he's cropped up as having a couple of entries this weekend. So first of all, how is he and how come we haven't seen him yet this year?
5: Yeah, he's he's fine now. So when he got brought down in the Gold Cup, he did an injury to his knee, um, pulled some ligaments off the bone, and with that, pulled quite a few fragments of bone off. So had 12 little chips of bone taken out of his knee and the ligaments and cartilage tidied up. And from there, you've just got a long rehab process, really. So it's 11 months, but we'll be back.
1: Well, it's good he's back. Where's he going to run? He's in the... He's in the Rendlesham and the Prestige, the the sort of novice version. Which one are you going for?
5: Uh, I think I'm pretty sure he goes for the Rendlesham. Okay, um, well. He is still a novice over hurdles. Mm. So when I had a flick, I thought I'd better just pop you in that as well, just in case. But um, I'd be leaning towards the Rendlesham at the moment.
1: And were you never going to give him a chase campaign? Or is it just a case of having a first star back over hurdles?
5: Um, the vets actually advised that we didn't go chasing straight away, okay. so um, that was one reason. Well, the main reason we went back hurdling really. So I suppose at this time of year there wouldn't really be a lot for his 161 of There wouldn't be a great deal of options for him. Yeah. So you know, coming back over hurdles isn't the end of the world unless Haydock's off. Because if Haydock's off, there are a lot of options for him. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know let's not go there I'm just pleased I'm doing Wednesday not Thursday on the podcast because i worry what's going to be on and off so that, so there we go he's um I, I guess well how do you reflect on 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 running him in the gold cup it didn't work out and obviously what came with it was a uh, was a whole load of bad luck but sort of how do you reflect on that performance and, and what he was doing up until he was brought down
5: uh, it's quite hard to tell, really. Um, he didn't jump the one before very well. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe you've got a bit tired. You know, they've gone hard from the front, et cetera. But then he absolutely winged the one he was brought down at um, mm. like a fresh horse. So, look, I'm, I don't think we'd have beat Gollap Um, Whether we'd have been second, third, fourth, or fifth, I don't know. It's such a long way out, I suppose. You, you don't truly know, do you? Um I- just a shame it happened:
1: Yes, of course. how, how do you uh, depending obviously on what happens, but let, let's say he you know let's say he runs really well, comes back safe and sound. Have you, have you allowed yourself to think beyond the weekend or not?
5: no, it's, um, it's pretty pointless to be honest. Um, you've just got to run him, see how he is. I mean with this kind of injury, it's quite probable it'll be lame f- for a period of time afterwards. It's just how long and what's happened inside of his knee you know you can't see it so at some point you know if he was still lame two weeks later he'd he'd probably need some x-rays and some scans on it and things if he was lame for a day or two he'd probably just bring him back into work and see um if he's not lame that would be fantastic but the chances of that happening are fairly slim it's likely that he'll come back and need you know a few days before we assess him and then see where we go next
1: well, great. He's back on a race course, hopefully if it's on and, um, <laughs> if it's on. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, good luck with him. Thanks, Ruth. Thank you. Wishing Ruth Jefferson sounds Russian all the best this weekend. Anything else? Catch your eye, Rishi, around our courses, any horses in particular?
0: Uh, yeah, a couple of races at, uh, at the weekend. I'm interested in, uh, Apple away who is due to run in the Reynolds town or on Sodexo, uh, Reynolds Down chase, novice chase. Um, She was given a very aggressive ride last time at Warwick and paid for that when Grey Dawning picked her up in the closing stages. But obviously she's she's getting weight all round in the Reynolds Down. I think she still remains a potentially very high-class horse. She is obviously a grade one winner over Hurdle. So I'd like to see how she gets on. Um, A horse that I've been following for some time in the last uh, 12 months and hoping that uh, after the bubble got burst uh, at Ascot, in the waterside goes back to Ascot on the back of that win in the handicap at, uh, at Lingfield. And I'm hoping that he retains the promise, um, as he goes back into novice company at Ascot. So, uh, I think more suitable trip for him. So, uh, he's another one that I'll be keeping a close eye. Uh, and Paul Nichols has got Sonagino entered in a few different races over the weekend, I would prefer to see Sonogino carrying more weight against inferior rivals. Again, back in Ascot in the handicap, um, the only two horses higher than him in the handicap there are Goshen, um, who just I'm afraid I can't trust Goshen anymore, uh, Lamilos, who I think will have other targets later on. Um, and the rest of them, I wouldn't be too concerned about Sonagino giving weight all around. Uh, so I'd be hopeful that he runs, and I'd have a little play on him on the weekend.
1: Right, time to go pointing. It's Wednesday and this segment, as you know, is brought to you by Thoroughbid's Points to Rules bonus. The online auction house dangling a £5,000 bonus for any horse sold with Thoroughbid that goes on to win on debut under rules. It's the final week to enter Thoroughbid's February sale. A risk-free consignment. There's no sale, no entry fee and entries close this Friday. We'll be, we will be bidding live from 9am to 12pm on Wednesday, the 28th of February, and to talk all things pointing is our regular Ben Atkins from Pointing Pointers Podcast. Uh, ben, welcome along. Should, should we start with Max Comley and uh, the 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 continued rise of Max?
6: Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Um, it's a good place as any. Uh, Max trained a treble up at Friars Hof at the weekend, and um, yeah, it's caught he's caught the eye of many recently, and I just thought it'd be an interesting place to start. So um max is 26 years old uh which is doing by any standards but uh especially in the horse training ranks and um he grew up uh, from a non-racing family next to Cheltenham Racecourse, race course basically and uh and, and fell in love with the game and um road pointing for a little bit uh liked his food too much by his own admission he's, he's a very tall man and um started training basically by accident in 2019 um, when it, him and a few friends got some horses together. Um, and in in the season that's followed he's basically gone from four horses to 11 horses to 15 horses and he's now got 30 in his yard. Um, and what's most impressive um, I think about Max is um, his, his current strike rate he, he's winning with 58% of his runners and 83 percent of them are um, are hit, hitting the frame essentially um and so yeah quite remarkable um come from uh, as i say a non-racing background as far as i can uh, work out you know he's had this opportunity to go into his great yard he's not had any exterior funding and he's just he's just made it happen so it's a it's a real inspiration for people who uh, um you know have ambitions to do the same and um and good on him The the, the, the even nicer thing uh, is that he's a great chap so um yeah it's not always the case that the good guys finished last uh, time in this case they're finishing first 58. Yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> that's 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 good to hear he's achieving more than i was at 26 that's for that's 100 percent certain um let's talk <laughs> let's talk Nace hunter chase ben the the obviously the we had bill Away in there it's on the line winning um is this gonna have an impact on the the big race at the festival
6: well, <laughs> it's a good question. So, uh, the, a cynic, um, might w- have watched that race and, uh, and thought that, um, the, the David Christie cheering Ramillies had, had been sent off at a million and one to drag a difficult race out of, uh, Billaway and it's off the line, uh, it's on the line, I should say, um, but, um, you know, I, I'm not what I'm not well, I'd consider to be an expert on Irish hunter chases and have been back and looked, and it would appear that that's just the way that Remillys goes off uh, in all his races. But uh, nonetheless, uh, it was a pretty um, gruelling race, um, and uh, it's on the line, got up in near the line, let's say, um, to, to beat Bill away, um, Emmett Mullins, uh, left the cheek pieces off; it's on the line on that day, and uh, you know, said in a post-race interview that they'll be going back on at Cheltenham to just try and eke out that little bit more. But, but, a fascinating contest in which um, David Christie's got the got the favourite in Ferns Lock um, at 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 the at the uh, festival, and so it'll be interesting to see um, what happens between now and then. Um, certainly, from the English runners, we learned a bit this weekend um, on the point-to-point course as well. Um, I was at Brocklesby this weekend and uh, Premier Magic basically had what would, uh, in effect was a race course gallop um, and got a bit of a blow into him. And uh, and also, going back to Max Comley, um, Just Your Type uh, ran in, in the hunt race there at Brocklesby, um, presumably also to give him a bit of a blow on a left-handed track um, with stiff fences. And there's, there's every chance that Just Your Type that's not currently in the betting will we'll go in that hunt chase um, at the festival.
1: Incidentally, the, the the winner there was um, an eight thousand pound buy through Thoroughbred in March twenty twenty two. There
6: we are. Thank so, you for Um, because it was highlighted in bold and yellow in my notes and you being the professional have remembered to say that and so thanks very much to thoroughbred for sponsoring this section
1: (laughs) not at all not at all um that's what i mean i was reminded to say it that's what uh that's (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll thank you to our pr guru for reminding us to say that so there you are What, what what is there anything um i always find this time of year we get You know, hunter chasers, and somebody will go. That's not qualified, or somebody will say "Um, that's going to run. It's not even in the betting. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. You don't do that voice, but you know what I mean. It's quite a niche. These are quite niche markets when it comes to um, the qualifications, etc. Is there anything that has been missed? Is there anything that is in there that can't? All those sorts of things. Um,
6: Yeah, that's exactly the case. Um, I think it's very unlikely that um famous claremont will go back to cheltenham um obviously won very nicely at aintree and it just doesn't seem to be his track yet he's in the betting um regatta de blanc who's been a revelation um for the the pendle partnership who we mentioned on on last week's um section um who's yet to lose a race and uh dead heated with grace of uenki in the coronation cup last week um it, it'd be a big step up for her. There's not a lot of miles on the clock. I've spoken to Will Biddick in the last few days. Uh, he feels that, you know, to be, to be having a serious chance in the, in the, um, Hunter Chase at Cheltenham, you really need to, uh, you know, be winning point to points on the bridle and feeling like you can go around again. And that, uh, Regatta Blanc is a very, very nice horse, but perhaps one for, for the future. I don't think a, a firm decision has been made yet though. Um, there is a, another horse, um, that's running in the war at the weekend, Quinton's man, um, who I think, you know, if, if he went well at the weekend, if it's on, um, could easily enter the betting. Um, and the, there is a, there is other horses that, that may still appear. Um, but, um, yeah, as, as is often the case at this time of the year with the post betting, there is, uh, definitely horses in there that, that should
1: be avoided. <laughs> right. Understood. Understood. Uh, what have we got this weekend, Ben, that that, that has caught your eye in the UK? Um,
6: well, uh, this is a, a section about pointing and not hunter chases, but the Dick Saunders um, hunter chase uh, organised by the great guys over at the Jumping for Fun uh, forum is on Thursday, tomorrow, um, hopefully, but... Um, weather providing at leicester and that could be really interesting and also of course it's the walrus on saturday at haydock uh, um where uh, macklin a really interesting horse um who uh, beat highway jewel recently his little 15-3 pocket rocket might take his chance despite um unfavorable ground i'd, I'd be really interested to see how he get on um alongside uh the horse i mentioned before Quintin's man um racing goes ahead at horse heath in cambridgeshire Asken Bright in Yorkshire and Badbury Rings down in Dorset, where they've got quite controversially, Tom, four maidens. They've had 60 entries um, and it's been split into four divisions. Um, And for anyone that's going to the course and fancies a bet, uh, I think that Will Biddick is hopeful that if he's good enough, no drama this end, which is a uh, full brother to the Donald McCain trained spirit of regulus um we'll we'll get the business done in division three or four down there on uh
1: either Saturday or Sunday so as any racing presenter loves to hear the three words racing goes ahead but not so much split into four divisions that that you <laughs> know so there you are Ben thanks ever so much no problem Tom lovely Rishi thank you much appreciated your contribution as ever you can go and um thank, clear, thank clear you it. Tom you can clear away Holly's breakfast in bed now
0: well, there's just so much, so many rose petals, cards, yeah. all those. Uh, um, you know what it's like. She's just so lucky.
1: Um, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I hope everyone out there has, a, has a, a loving, lovely Valentine's Day because that was Wednesday the 14th of February. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily,
0: brought to you by Timeform, the trusted source of racing data and analysis by the Racehorse Owners Association and by the racing app in partnership with Fitstairs.